You're listening to Sports Connections with David Smale, the show that brings you a fun and intimate look into connections throughout sports. Now here's your host, David Smale. When my wife was diagnosed with leukemia in 2012 for the second time, two brothers came and took care of my yard so I could focus on helping my wife recover. Most times they didn't even let me pay them. Still, it might be a bit of a stretch to have a former groundskeeper as a guest on a sports podcast, but that's not the reason I'm welcoming Luke Ritter to the show. Luke played football and baseball at Kansas City's Rockhurst High School, then later played baseball at National Power, Wichita State. Following his career with the Shockers, Luke was selected in the seventh round of the 2019 MLB Amateur Draft by the New York Mets. After two seasons, he's moved up the Mets minor league charts and likely will be in double A in 2022. He joins us today to talk about life in the minor leagues. Luke, welcome to Sports Connections. Thank you. Happy to be here. All right. Now, I'm sure the secret of your athletic success comes from mowing my yard so many times, even on Saturday mornings after tough Friday night football games. Seriously, what's the what's the best part of your preparation? Hey, that was that was enjoyable. You know, doing those kind of jobs helps you uh, realize some of the blue collar work that's out there um, because baseball is is very enjoyable these days. Um, But for the most part, you know, my preparation comes down to uh, a lot of it is discipline. Um, You know, there's a lot of distractions these days that it makes it difficult to you know focus on your task at hand um, and discipline in my competitiveness towards uh, my training, my working, um, my ability to play the game. Um, it kind of drives me to what I, what I do and what I like to do. Um, so my, I really think I'm competitive um, and it helps me with baseball, you know, just because I play baseball, I'm competitive in just about everything I do. Uh, I would like to win and I like to be better and do things that I think are, are better for myself than I think I did than you kind of thing. And it kind of drives me to uh, work hard and um, on my dedication to, to the, anything I do in general. You know, it's interesting. I was joking about thinking that mowing my yard was the best preparation you could have had, but I saw some of that dedication and some of that focus. You know, I'd, I'd go to some of your games or I'd hear about your games from your dad on Friday night and they were tough games and you obviously played a difficult schedule in high school and yet there you were at eight o'clock on Saturday morning, probably still pretty sore because you said you'd be there. You were there mowing the yard. So I, I saw firsthand evidence of the fact that you were dedicated to what you said you were going to do. Yes, definitely. Um, whenever I try to do something, my goal is to do it a hundred, 110 percent, no matter what it is, if it's mowing a lawn, if it's working, if it's playing baseball, if it's working out, if it's doing a desk job. Um, in minor league baseball, I have now done more, uh, blue collar jobs as, as the jobs that a lot of people don't want to do. I have done them because they have either flexible hours or it makes me ability to, to do it when other people don't want to do it. Um, it helps me, you know, become more disciplined in everything I've done. And, and I would imagine that the, the, the brass with the Mets recognize that you're, you're willing to do whatever it takes. I remember talking to uh, Royals now president, then general manager, Dayton Moore, about you. And he had high praise for your work ethic uh, three, two and a half years ago before the draft. So it's, it's obviously shining through in your amateur career. And I'm, I'm guessing the Mets are giving you accolades for willingness to do whatever it takes. For the most part, I uh, 
I try to, you know, like I said, when I do something, I want to do it a hundred, 110% and I want to have no regrets. So I, I believe I have a window for my athletic career and my baseball career. And that is right now. And whatever it takes is I'm going to give it all, all I have. And if that takes, you know, every day of, of stretching, working out, hitting, I'm going to try and do it and give it everything I have. So I have no regrets when I, when I finish. Yeah. You talked about the competitiveness. You come from an athletic family, your older brother, Austin, who also mowed my yard. I think he took his, took his turn before you did and a younger sister who all played sports in high school and even in college. Even your maternal grandfather had a shot in the NFL. Why are sports so uh, important to you? Well, it, it kind of grew. It started from um, I lived in a cul-de-sac and around the neighborhood. I was the youngest and we would always um, go outside and play, you know, pick up, pick up games. If it, if it was basketball, football, baseball in the yard. And it kind of drove the competitiveness of me to get going and start and start playing. And then I started making friends playing baseball and sports and I loved it. And then those relationships kind of build and it's kind of what, what everyone was doing. So I kept doing it. And then I was like, I kind of want to be really good at this. So I just kept working at it. Yeah. And then, um, I kept playing, I kept playing. Um, it's just a great, a lot of lessons in life are in sports as well. And I learned a lot of team, teamwork, uh, hard work, dedication, all this that, is a real life also is in sports. Now, how, how much older is Austin? Is he two years older? He is two years older, yes. Okay, I remember going to watch you guys play on a very competitive team for Austin's age group, and you were on that team as well. And from what I could tell from a distance, you never let the fact that they were older and bigger than you slow you down at all. Yeah, so I, I believe it was a year or two I played on his team, and that year it kind of put it in perspective that um, more likely how competitive I was. I didn't care that they were bigger, stronger, older. Yeah. I wanted to beat them and I wanted to be the best in the team. Um, and then my dad quickly realized, oh, you should probably go play on a better, your own age group team. So I went and did that. But uh, my brother being older than me, I always wanted to beat him in you know, the one-on-one -on -one games we had. Either yeah. we were out on the field. Um, he drove some of the competitiveness in, in me. Yeah, I've got a brother two years older, so I understand that completely. Um, now, your dad t talks about the fact that you may not be the best athlete in the family, and I'm not going to say that Austin is. It may be your little sister, but talk about the focus on getting better every day and looking past the fact that maybe you don't, you're not the most talented player. Certainly have plenty of talent. I'm not, I'm not trying to downgrade that, but the talent doesn't define you. Your work ethic does. Yes. First off, my sister is a great athlete. She played soccer, was an unbelievable soccer player, probably could have played in college, but she wanted to focus on school in, in that route more than anything. But yeah, so in, in high school, I tried to play as many sports as possible to be just a general athlete. I had buddies that played football, baseball, basketball. So I always wanted to do that. And then I really didn't focus in on baseball till, you know, the end of my high school career. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't have, I wasn't the biggest, fastest, strongest guy. So I had to work at the weight room, get stronger. Um, I started hitting a lot. I just did, did things every day that I thought I needed to do to get better. And uh, it took a lot of hard work. And I, you know, keep, keep doing that each and every day. I try to tell myself each day, what, what did you do today to help you make the big leagues? Um, it's, if that is eating better, 
stretching, working out. Uh, if it's a day I'm supposed to run, if it's a day I'm supposed to hit, um, whatever I do in a day, I try to, I try to ask myself at the end of the day, it's, did you get better towards your goal of being a big leader? So your dad and I met for lunch a couple of weeks ago and uh, you talked about eating better. We ate at an all you can eat barbecue restaurant and we went back two or three times each. And, uh, he, he said, Austin may come here, but Luke would never come here because it's not, it's not healthy enough. Um, and, and th this was something that was interesting. I was asking, I'm trying to get caught up because it's been a couple of years since I'd seen him. And I said, uh, so what, what's going on with him? What about, you know, I know Austin's married. And I said, what about Luke? He said, he didn't even have a girlfriend because he doesn't want to shortchange anyone to pursue his baseball career. Uh, is that really true that you, you're not really interested in dating anybody because you don't want to have to choose between her and baseball? No, I, I definitely am. I would, you know, girls are, girls are great. I mean, I'm not worried about, <laughs> it's not, it's not essentially on my number one thing I'm worried about, but many things in the minor leagues is it's, it's difficult. I have a lot of friends and that either are married, have kids or have a girlfriends that really don't get to see them. So they're gone six, seven months out of the year yeah. and our salaries aren't, you know, the greatest these days. So it's, if in order for them to come visit, it costs money, it costs hotels, it costs food. It, it's difficult. And a lot of people who have kids, I, it's to the point where they have to almost hang them up or see their family kind of thing. And it's difficult. So it's, it's not that I'm not looking, you know, I'd love to have a girlfriend. It's, it's just very, it's very difficult. Cause yeah, I say you meet someone, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to be in spring training here in a month and then I won't be home for another six months. So yeah. it's, it's, it's just difficult. It, you talked about playing several sports in high school. From what I understand, you were really good at football and, and baseball. Did you play other sports? I, I grew up and I played basketball. I actually really liked basketball. I thought it was probably the, the most fun I had. It was uh, nothing I thought I could keep playing. And, uh, and I quit my sophomore year I played my freshman year I was on one of the freshman teams and then I really liked so Rockers has a really good football program so my brother was playing and he kind of convinced me to keep playing and I realized I needed to gain weight I was like a 160 scrawny freshman and in order to succeed in the football fields where I played linebacker and then on the baseball field as well which helped me in my baseball career I needed to put on some muscle in the weight room so that winter I worked out as a sophomore and I kind of got addicted to working out. And I think I put on 25 pounds from my sophomore to my next, to my next year over that winter. And it probably changed my athletic career as I, you know, I gained, I gained a lot of muscle that I didn't have before mm -hmm. that allowed me to play football at a higher level and also baseball. Now, from what I understand, you are still the most or the all time leading tackler in Rockhurst history, um, and as a linebacker, and you're what, 5'11", 180 maybe? In high school, I was about 5'11", 190, and yes, I, I do hold the record still. Um, I don't know if it will ever be broken. I Maybe somebody will one day, but when I broke it, it was there was 156 was the number, and that was my goal that year to get that number, and I got 183, and we also – it helped that we made it to the state championship game where I had a couple extra games. So yeah. I won't be worried unless somebody, another Rockers team will make it to the state championship game. So that was your career. Or was that one season? That was just one season. Wow. So. That's, that's pretty impressive. Now, 
why did you choose, if you were that good in football, why did you choose baseball instead of football? Was it the fact that you're 5'11 and 190 pounds? <laughs> yeah, so I, I thought I had a better future in baseball where I could maybe get some, I always liked baseball. Um, I, I played in the summer more than I did football. I always viewed it as I had a future in baseball more than football. And yes, the 5'11", 190 doesn't really project to the next level there. Yeah. Now you're moving up the Mets system. Your dad said you're likely going to end up in it at double uh, a this year. Do you think you'll have the patience? Obviously you've showed it so far, but do you think you have the patience to wait for your opportunity to play in the big leagues, even if it takes another couple of years? I do. Um, and I'm going to continue to, you know, it's been my goal since I was a little kid um, to play professional baseball and to make it to the big league. So I'm going to play as long as I can. I always try to tell myself that the desk jobs in the working class world it will always be there. So I have a window here of a couple more years, hopefully even longer, of my playing career. I'm going to do it as long as I can. And then a desk job with my degree is always waiting. All right. And, um, are you one of those guys who enjoys the preparation, the practice, basically the anti Allen Iverson almost as much as playing in games? I probably enjoy it more than games. Games are great. Games are great when you're doing well, but when you're not doing well, you're not winning. It's not as fun, yeah. but the, the locker room, you know, for the most part, you get to the field very early. So you're there working out with your teammates. You're in the locker room together. You have the, the batting practice, all of that. I almost enjoy that more than the game just because it, it's, it's where you get better and it's what you need to work on in order to do well in the field. And if you don't take that serious, you're really not going to succeed on the field as much. Yeah. Uh, games are great because you, you can see results, which is, you know, all the hard work you put in uh, makes, it, makes it even better. Um, but definitely, definitely I enjoy the, the preparation. Now, you know, it's kind of been interesting. For a long time, people thought if you're a professional ball player, everything's great. And it's almost the other end of the spectrum. People say if you're a minor league baseball player, it's just terrible. There's no fun. It's just it's constant grind. I never had any baseball talent, uh, so I never had the opportunity to experience that. But is minor league baseball as difficult as some people like to say it is? It's gotten a lot better. I think back in the day, uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago, it was a lot different. So they're trying, they're really trying to help us out. Uh, this, this year was a big, big step in that as they limited the travel. So a big issue back, back, you know, 10 years ago was there was a lot of bus trips that were outrageously long and they had to play the next day, you know, yeah. 10, 10, 15 hours in, on a bus after a game. And then you're playing the next day. Um, very little off days where you get a chance to relax and decompress from the game. Um, they're also trying to, so this coming year, they're helping out with our housing. They're paying for our housing. So a lot of the issue before was I say a guy gets promoted. They have to somehow have somebody else cover for the lease they were just in because they're moving to a new city. Um, but now that is no more, which, which helps, helps us a lot. Um, and a lot of issue is that is that with people with families, you know, kids, wife, it's hard for them to travel with them during the season and it's very expensive and our salaries are really not that good for them to afford to do that. Um, but you know, for the most part, I've, I've enjoyed my experience. I have met lifelong friends. Uh, I get to play the game. I love, um, going for my goal each day and it gives me a purpose and motivation to do something, which I love. 
Now, it's interesting. I, I looked up the statistics before our talk today. Uh, 10% of guys playing minor league baseball will make the major leagues. I thought it would, I, I knew it wasn't half, but I thought it would be higher than 10%. Does that intimidate you or does that motivate you? What is, what is your approach and, and why do you stick with it knowing that it's only 10%? Um, I really, I don't even look at those numbers. I look at what I can control every day more than anything. And for the most part, if I can do the abilities that I know I can, um, I always think I can play in the big leagues. If I didn't think that I could play in the big leagues, I should have hung them up two or three years ago. But the idea of of me playing there is something I think I can do. And I'm going to keep working until I get there. If I struggle, I will you know, find the, find the areas that I'm struggling at and, and work on them and continuously work on them um, until somebody says that you can't do it anymore. Yeah. And, and your dad talks about that, that the, what he's most impressed with is, you know, you've developed a lot of power. Uh, one of the leaders in the Mets farm system in terms of home runs. And I don't remember you ever being that much of a power hitter, but instead of working on just on the things that you're really good at and hoping the rest come along, you work hardest at the things you're not as good at and trying to bring them all up to that high level. Yes, definitely. So the, the, the thing that I've over COVID season was, was big because uh, as you watch the game of baseball, it's changed. Every pitcher is now throwing 95 to hundred miles an hour and there's a lot more home runs being hit. And that's the name of the game on how you win baseball games. So luckily the Mets have kind of, more told us like this is the approach this is the plan to make it to the big leagues you have to have the ability to hit the ball in the air hit it hard hit homers doubles because that's the only way you're going to get to make it to the big leagues so I kind of took that as like well I got to get big strong uh be able to hit the ball in the air and and find a swing that works to do that essentially and it's not that I'm trying to hit home runs but I'm also trying to just pick good pitches to hit hit the ball in the air and hopefully good things happen Give us a scouting report on Luke Ritter. This still second base, right? Yes. Okay. What what major league player for for those who don't follow minor league baseball? Is there a major league player you would say that's me? Just he's a little more refined than I am, but I'm going to get there at some point. You have a comparable? Uh, you know that's tough. Um, and I'm getting, asking you to, to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. So when I was on your back, but. When I was drafted, I got a couple comparisons to Logan Forsythe. He was like a utility player with the Dodgers for a little bit. Um, one of my favorite players that, that I really like his swing and how he plays is, is Alex Bregman. Um, his swing and his size are kind of comparable to, to me, I think. Um, the One of the better second basemen that just signed this year was, uh, was Trevor Simeon. Mm-hmm. I like how he played a lot. Um, it also depends, too. I, I hope – my path takes me is to more of a utility player as I was in college where I can play multiple positions that I hope can, you know, make a crack, a big league lineup kind of thing on a guys that need off days or it gives me more opportunities to make it the lineup. So there's some couple guys in the big leagues like that, but it's, it's hard. It's a, it's a, that's a tough question because I try for the most part during the season, you play just about every night and it's hard to go on TV and watch more baseball after you just yeah. did it entire day so I try to avoid that and kind of decompress that way but I really like Alex Bregman how he and how he hits and that's kind of who I try to model my my performance off of if, if you have a career anything close to what Alec Bregman Alec, Alex 
Alex Bregman. I had trouble saying that. Anything close to his career, you'll be you'll be all right. Now, one of the things that sets him apart, as I understand it, and I don't know him very well, I've talked to him a couple of times in the clubhouse, is the chip on his shoulder. I mean, it is not a chip. It's a hunk on his shoulder where everything he does comes with some, you know, he's going to prove somebody wrong. He was a number two overall pick in his draft class, and he was upset that he wasn't number one, so he wears number two with the Astros. Do you have a chip on your shoulder like that? Um, more than likely, I what what strives me. So, if either what helps me every day when I struggle for anything, I think back to if it's my side or the other team, I am picking the best player on their team or my team, and I'm trying to do better than that day. Hmm. And most of the time, we I played this year with some of our our better prospects in the Mets organization. So I got to play with Francisco Alvarez, Ronnie Mauricio. So those are two big leaguers that will be there in the Mets with the Mets here the next year or two. And my goal was every day to do better to them. If it, they got two hits, I needed to get three. If Francisco hit a home run, I needed to hit a home run. My goal was to do as just as good, if not better than them every single day. That's a, that's a really, that's a great goal because you know, you can only do what you can do, but it gives you something to shoot for. Now, when you and I last talked, it was during the 2020 season when the minor leagues were completely shut down. And you told me that the Mets were one of the first teams to pay their minor leaguers, even though there wasn't a season. With somebody as intense as you are in terms of focus and, and preparation, how did you maintain that focus without a season to release some of that? Yeah, so I'm not a guy that, can just sit around and do nothing. Um, so what I did during the whole COVID season, so I would, uh, my dad owned a furniture company and I was a part-time mover for him. So for the most part, I would work seven, eight o'clock to about noon or one o'clock and I would move furniture at his company all day. And then I would go train with, we had a good group of guys. We'd go train in the afternoons. We would wait, lift weights, hit, throw, do all our baseball stuff every day. And then I would stay and usually do lessons after that. So I just tried to fill my schedule as much as I could. So I wouldn't have to think about us not having a season because it, it was tough. It was very tough. Yeah. You work full off season, you work whole spring training. It was supposed to be my first full season. And then it got all shut down. Yeah. And I remember talking to you about that and, and talking to JJ Piccolo, who's now the Royals, general manager at the time, he was talking about you and some of those guys that, that were playing together. And the thing that was the most impressive to him was not that, you know, the skill development and how think your game wasn't falling off. It was the uh, ambition and the, the stick to uh, to basically to organize these things. And you were one of the leaders of that. He was very impressed that you saw to it, that you had opportunity to continue to play ball even if it was you weren't keeping score, you're still in a very competitive uh, situation. Yes. Yeah, so we actually, uh, during that COVID, we had a little, every Friday we would do live at bats, a little sim game yeah. uh, to somehow, sim, to somehow uh, how do you say it? Say some sort of live at bats without a game and yeah. try to get better that way. And we would do that every Friday for, for, a, for a couple months there just to, Try to get better in a different aspect than just sitting in a cage kind of thing. All right. I've got a tough question for you, and I don't know that you're going to be able to come up with an answer, but let's say 20 years from now, the movie comes out, the Luke Ritter story. 
What would be the ideal script for the Luke Ritter story? I hope there is a script that uh, that says a guy that that worked towards his goal, that was dedicated, um, that's someone that didn't give up when when times are tough. A lot of times in in the minor leagues, it's not that everyone isn't talented. It's it's half of it is the mental side of the ups, yeah. handling the ups and downs of games. Um, but someone that hopefully has a very long big league career um, that plays a long time and has 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 a resume that almost is more for how he treated guys in the locker room, how he treated his coaches as a good teammate. Um, and that showed up to the, to the field every day, no matter if he was over four or four, four, the same guy each day. All right. I, I will tell you that one of my goals for 20 years from now is to say, I was, I covered Luke Ritter's first game. He was on the visiting team that played in Kauffman stadium against the Royals, or maybe we're fortunate enough to get you in a, in a minor league deal or something. But my, one of my goals is to say, I covered your first major league game. And I think, you know, I think you got a shot. Your dad's pretty proud of you as you might expect, but you know, I, I, I think you've got a good shot at doing that. I always wrap up my, my interviews with two things. Usually I'm asking people about their, their wife and their kids, things like that. In, this, in your case, I'm going to ask you to tell about your parents and, your brother and sister and just talk about their impact on your life. Yeah. So my family has been great. Uh, my parents have helped me and paid for a lot of baseball games growing up lessons. My dad for a while there, when I was little, he would go and hit with me just about every night in the weeknights. And he, they would say, yeah, sure, let's go. And we would go hit for an hour or so. And, and that was kind of our routine. And then they've really helped me through uh, these last, you know, year, last three or four years so a lot of time I'm coming home for the off season I'm I'm only home for about four or five months so they're they allowing me to stay at their house with rent free always having good food my mom cooks great healthy meals for me it helps me out helps me save money and, and it gives me the opportunity to keep playing where I really don't have to stress too much on the money side of things um, I was a senior sign so I didn't really get a big signing bonus um, but they helped me in just keeping me positive. They watched just about every game. They're listening to it on TV. And they really showed me and raised me how to, how to have a, a goal, a dream, and a work ethic towards, towards something and to, to strive for that. And then my brother and sister, we've, uh, we've been competitive just about my entire life. So when I was growing up, um, we were all very competitive, I would say, and just in our fights and our um, our lovingness of towards our family trips, what we did, our bonding time there. And then a lot of it was with um, me and my brother playing outside. Um, he, I kind of pushed and I always wanted to beat him. So I was, was extra competitive with him, which kind of has helped me in baseball in that aspect of I want to be better than whoever I go against against essentially. Um, but I'm still close with all of them. They're, they all have their own lives and we're all kind of grownups these days. Yeah. Well, your dad's a little questionable, but your mom's one of the sweetest people in the whole world. So uh, I'm privileged to be friends with them. And I always wrap up with this question and, and you're still in your early to mid twenties. So you probably don't think you have a legacy, but what is your legacy? For, for the most part um, in high school, it was, I would say it was the, I hope to impact people, not just with my play, but 
I was a leader on the football team and I was an honorary captain chosen by my players, which is my teammates essentially, which is one of the, the coolest things I've probably experienced just because I wasn't given by it by my coaches. My teammates were the ones who wanted me as their captain on the team, especially as a defense. Um, and then, then through college and playing and whatnot, uh, I just want to show up every single day and have guys respect me as a teammate, as a player, and just be the same guy essentially. So my big thing with baseball, no matter what you did the night before, or even if you did go four for four, try to be the exact same guy. Um, I try not to throw my stuff much in the dugout, just respect players, respect my coaches, um, because at the end of the day, they're all trying to help me towards everyone's goal, which is the major leagues. All right. Well, Luke, it's good to catch up with you again. I look forward to the day going into the visitors clubhouse or maybe even the Royals clubhouse and, and seeing an old friend uh, and seeing if you could, got a few extra minutes to come by and mow my yard. So awesome. good, to get, good to catch up with you, brother. And, and I wish you the best. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to Sports Connections with David Smale. Make sure to subscribe, follow, and rate the show from your favorite podcast platform. You can learn more about David Smale and his work by visiting davidsmalebooks.com. Don't forget to join us weekly for new episodes. Until next time.